The New Orleans Saints are 5-4, and four, and along with losses from everyone else in the NFC South, are one game ahead in the division and are the overwhelming favorites to win this division. Yet, if you go through social media and listen to some of the words from media, fans, whatever, they sound like a bunch of spoiled brats. What is going on? What alternate universe are we living in? Well, I know what what universe attitude's in. It's in this one. And we're going to hear about it all coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of danitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who just think 5-4 and four isn't good enough. That's where we are. Oh, maybe some of you do. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. But it's what I do sometimes. Because I am Jim Derry, a sports betting writer at the Times, speaking in the advocate at bet.nola.com. This is Datitude, episode number 186 for a Monday, November the 6th, 2023. Um, I'm not even kind of kidding. I mean, I, look, I, I'm guilty of it too. We're going to get into Derry's Dime in a very brief moment. That's what today is. It's our reaction, Saints win over the Bears, 24-17. to 17. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to hear from Dennis Allen. We're going to hear from Taysom Hill, the new Frank Gifford, who doesn't really know who Frank Gifford is. God, I'm old. And uh, Derek Carr, all coming up in just a little bit. First, the Dime. I, I just don't, I don't get it. Again, I'm guilty of it, too. I went on... Uh, you know, worked the game yesterday, and when it was over, went downstairs, and uh, Zach Ewing was getting ready to do the Saints Insider Show, which he does after every game on all of our NOAA.com social media stations, shameless plug. But uh, the uh, the beat writers were in the room with Dennis Allen, so he asked me if I would fill in and do the opening segment with him. Sure, why not? And... Uh, talked to about 10 minutes and realized kind of during the segment and after it was over that, and, and I must have said five or six times, I'm not trying to be negative, but, I mean, why was I being negative? I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, it's hard to believe. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm going to take over the Saints and probably take over a lot of the Saints coaching staff, definitely going to take up for the players. I mean, but what are people bitching about? And it's not just average Joe Blow bitching. It was all over Twitter. Here, Jeff Duncan, who doesn't bitch about anything. Opponents continuing to make hay, and this was during the game in his defense. Opponents continuing to make hay running to the right side of the Saints defense. It's clear the clear weak side of the Saints run defense. Saints defense wasn't very good in the first half. There's no doubt about it. But it's like all the comments. I can't find hardly anything that's positive. Nick Underhill. I mean, Nick does a great job. His, his group does a great job. 
winning the turnover battle by four and having the game hang in the balance with 226 remaining after missing a 47-yard field goal is not where you want to be. No, where you want to be is you want to win the game. They did. They won the game. Bajent thinks he's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there's all kinds of comments going on here. Just think if you were a fan, and I'm not, I'm not joking. You're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of like people rolling their eyes and whatever. Just think if you were a fan of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, you're like wondering whether you should even bring Kyler Murray back at this point. Think if you were a fan of the New England Patriots and people in the New England media talking crap about Bill Belichick. Are you insane? NFL has the most fickle fans on the planet. By far, it's not even close. That's just the, that's just the beginning. The Washington, Com- Washington Commanders are trying. They are trying to set up Ron Rivera to fail. But yet, Ron, I mean, maybe Ron Rivera is a way better coach than I ever, even get, ever gave him credit for. Because they win. They're winning. They're like a mediocre team when they have no business being mediocre. They should be awful. They're trying, they're like cutting him off at the knees and he's still coming back. And put, He's like that guy, remember when you were a teenager or whatever and you, you'd get in fights every now and then? And you'd beat him to a pulp and you'd think the fight's over and he gets back up and you turn around like, for God's sake, just stay down. That's who Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders are. But yet people bitch about them. Think about other teams. Around. Think about the... Houston Texans, no, the opposite of bitching. All the bitching in New Orleans at a, of a 5-14 and 14 that leads their division now by a full game over the second-place team and a game and a half over the third-place team and the fourth-place team is done. Think about comparing those two teams. Are the Houston Texans going to the playoffs this season? Almost surely not. It just goes to show you Are you more excited if you have a team that looks like they could be good in the future or a team that will be pretty decent now? No, no, no. You'd rather have the team that could be good in the future because you got a quarterback who's done things that quarterbacks don't do through this stage of his career. C.J. Stroud threw 470 yards against the Bucs, and people are all fired up. It is great to be a Houston Texans fan. You know why? Because they've sucked for quite a few years now. Do you want to go through all that crap? Because that's where this team is headed. That's where this Saints team is headed if you don't accept what you have right now. It could be way worse. You could be, oh my God, God forbid, the New York football Giants. Just think of you with the New York Giants. They gave $44 million a year to Daniel Jones. Instead of Saquon Barkley, they give him about a quarter of that. Daniel Jones has been hurt for two games. He comes back. What does he do? He blows out his knee. He's done. He's not only done, but he's done, 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 done. As in maybe never playing in the NFL again. Now, he may come back, and he's still going to get $44 million next year from the, from the Giants, from what I understand. So, I mean, I guess it's hard to feel sorry for the the human being, Daniel Jones. 
But just imagine if you were a Giants fan and you got to start all over again. Oh, no, we got Brian Dable. We went to the playoffs last year when we weren't supposed to. Everything's going to be right once again. No, you're the Giants and you suck. And this is the same Giants group, and I'm bringing up the Giants because it's, it's, it's very akin to what's going on here. This is a team that had Eli Manning, went won two Super Bowls, and as soon as they didn't win Super Bowls anymore, as soon as they were just like just going to the playoffs, they were miserable. And Eli Manning retired, and then they sucked. And you get what you deserve sometimes. And I think the New York Giants fans are probably getting what they deserve right now. Do you want to be that? Is that what you want to be? Because that's what Saints fans are doing. Again, I was guilty of it again yesterday, and I thought about it the whole drive home back across the causeway for an hour. Actually, longer than an hour because traffic was awful for some reason. Well, this was long after the game was over. Traffic was still awful. I thought about it the whole way home. I'm like, why was that so negative? This team is 5-4 and four and ahead of the division. Again, an overwhelming favorite to win the division now. Look at the schedule the Saints have the rest of the way. I mean, who are they going to lose to? I think they have to be a favorite now to win 10 games, not just because they're going to be a favorite in every game they play going forward except for Detroit. I'm trying to think of a game they won't be favored in. Maybe at Atlanta. Maybe at Atlanta it might be Pickham. But, I I mean, if if I set the line right now, it would be Saints favored by one. And I don't know what the look-ahead line is. I'll have to go look later. But honestly, so even if the Saints, you got to expect they're going to lose one of the two games to Atlanta. They're going to lose to Detroit, most probably. Who else are they going to lose to? Maybe the Rams on a Thursday night? I mean, who scares you? Maybe next week at Minnesota, even though the Saints are favored? It's a good spot for the Saints, actually. We'll talk about that later. But no one's happy. I mean, I read you some of these comments. It's not just that. I went on Facebook, and I'm reading fans. They are still, I mean, you can't, you can't do anything right if you're Dennis Allen. I bash Pete Carmichael as much as anyone. I thought the play calling yesterday was, eh, it was all right. But he's finally getting it. All the things that I've bitched about for the first five, six, seven games of the year, finally realized. Hey, Taysom Hill. Wow. If Taysom Hill carries the ball eight times in a game, the Saints are 18-1. and one. We don't care if other teams realize that we're doing it. That's the point. I think he's starting to get that now. Derek Carr doesn't have to have a 300-yard game. Alvin Kamara doesn't have to rush for 100 yards. All these things. All these things. The Saints coaching has been certainly better over the past few weeks. The Saints offensive line play has been world's light years better over the last few weeks. How many times did Derek Carr get sacked yesterday? I'll let you think about it for a minute. The answer is zero. He got sacked once last week. The offensive line has been immensely better. They did something unconventional. I thought it was weird. Anders Pete played left tackle yesterday, even though James Hurst was back. James Hurst played left guard. 
It worked. Now, granted, the Bears don't have a supreme uh, grade A pass rusher, although they do have Montez Sweat, who played his first game as a Bear yesterday, and almost got in there a couple times. But Derek Carr was efficient. He was good. I mean, he wasn't great. 25 and 34 for 211 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The running game wasn't great. There were certainly some coaching decisions that made you go, hmm. Fourth and less than one. Chance to put the game away. In all likelihood, you know, Zach, and, Zach, you and I sit next to each other in the press box during a game. Zach's normally the go-for-it kind of guy, and I'm the conservative one, and I was saying they should go for it here. Zach was like, you know, if they kick a field goal, this is before any, they did anything. You know, if they kick a field goal, they're up by 10. And I think there was still seven or eight minutes left, and while it doesn't put the game away, you don't see the Bears scoring 10 points against this defense. So in hindsight, it was probably, it probably, they probably should have kicked the field goal there. But if you get the first down, you cram it down their throats, and you show you're being aggressive to your team, I think it pumps them up, and the, that game's certainly over, but I think it sets a tone for later. So, I don't, again, whatever you decide to do is fine, but you don't run Derek Carr. That, that was moronic. So there are still things that they have done that are wrong. But I don't think anyone can sit here, and I mean anyone. I don't think anyone can sit here and say that the coaching, the two things that were killing this team for the first, what are they, five and four, that's nine games. For the first six and two-thirds games of this season, the things that were killing this team more than anything, it's not debatable. We're coaching in the offensive line over the past two and a third games. We're now midway point of the season or a little past it now. There's zero question that both of those things have improved immensely. Not even close. So I'm sitting here today defending the New Orleans Saints. It's been a while. I'm not just defending the New Orleans Saints. I'm defending uh, the people inside of the organization, I guess, if that makes any sense. Dennis Allen had a different tone after the game. One of the things he liked is the thing he said was right off the bat. There's no game in the NFL that's easy, and I know that's a cliche and people can say that, but it's true. Very rarely. Think about how often you get a game that's even the best teams in the NFL the best teams in the NFL, how many times do they get just easy games where from the middle of the first quarter you know that you're going to win this game? Doesn't happen often. And Dennis Allen, I like the way he handled the press conference. To me, he was more authoritative than I've seen him. Maybe he's starting to get it. Maybe I'm defending him too much early on. Maybe it doesn't matter because even if you can't stand him and you can't wait for him to be fired, you're going to be miserable if that's what you're waiting for. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Look, um, good win. You know, hard-fought win. Look, none of these are ever easy in our league. All right? And for anybody that ever thinks that you got an easy one, you're, you're waiting to get your ass beat. Um, so uh, it was a good win for us. We're excited about the win. Um, 
and and moving forward and and and, and getting ready to go play uh, Minnesota. So it was look. I mean, the, the I think the takeaways were outstanding. Um, there wasn't a lot good that I saw defensively, um, but the takeaways were, were outstanding, and that's the difference in the game. So um, um, some of the things that we emphasized were, were good to see. All right, um, we still have to start faster defensively. Um, so we got we got to figure that out. We had way too many mistakes early on in the game, um, and and that has to be better. So all the things, if you go back. If you're a regular listener of the show and a regular listener to my dime on Monday, on Mondays, what have I been complaining about more than anything with Dennis Allen? Stop blowing smoke up my keister on Monday on Sunday afternoons. Tell me the truth. Not everything is roses and sh- don't try to find good and bad, unless you have to. I mean, if you're a a two and six team or a two and seven team that's been crappy for three years. And things are getting better, then fine. That's that's fine. You want to find positive in a negative situation, sure. But not every damn week. That's what he was doing before. He was authoritative, and he said, "You know what? We won a game when we didn't play well, because that's what the Saints did yesterday. The Saints won a game on Sunday when they played awful in the first half defensively." They weren't great offensively. They were, they were fine. It was okay. Over 300 yards, barely. But, I mean, what are you going to expect offensively? I mean, people who are, if you're bitching about offense, it's the first time they had over 400 yards in three straight games in five years. That's what they had done before Sunday. And they still had over 300 yards. So, I mean, let's don't, let's don't bitch about the offense. They were, they've been fine. Clearly wasn't the problem. Sure, there were things that they weren't able to find Rashid Shahidi. He only had three catches for 22 yards. He was only talking to three times. But if you watched the game from afar, if you were in the game, if you were in the dome and you were actually watching that matchup, there were multiple times when Carr looked and tried to get the deep ball. He's like, it's not happening here. The Bears were keyed. On Shahid, I didn't mean that to be funny in a rhyme or whatever, but they definitely keyed on that. Derek Carr was efficient. There are days when your quarterback doesn't have to be great. He wasn't great, but he certainly wasn't bad either. Again, you go to social media, and I mean, I'm reading. There were there. Uh, there's a friend of mine. He's probably not listening to the show, and even if he was, I wouldn't care that he heard me say this. But, I mean, Dennis Allen is garbage. He's got to go. What did he do yesterday that would make you think that he's that bad? Look around the NFL. Compare your team to the rest. Are you supposed to be satisfied if your team is not one of the top five or seven in the league? Of course not. Of course you want your team to be a Super Bowl contender, and this team is not a Super Bowl contender. But let's get real and think about Realistically, again, realist. Be a realist. One out of, I mean, if you want to be a realist, one out of every 32 years, your team is supposed to win a Super Bowl. Be a realist. Sure, you want to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Buffalo Bills fans are pretty pissed off right now. Their team has a worse record 
than the New Orleans Saints. Who would have thought that at this point of the season? If somebody would have told you that, you'd be like, oh, the Saints are playing better than, than most people expected. They're 7-2. and two. No, they're 5-4. and four. They're probably a little better than average. They're winning the division. They've played pretty damn well for two and a half games now. Or well enough. But yet, not good enough. You're spoiled. You know how to make you, yourself feel a little bit better? It probably won't make you feel a lot better. It'll make you feel a little bit better. And I have to do this about once a month or so. Repeat after me. Sean Payton is gone, and he's never coming back. Drew Brees is gone, and he's never coming back. <sighs> you feel better? No? Well, that's, that's the fact. That's where this team is. And it's not a Super Bowl winning team. It's not going to be a Super Bowl winning team. I mean, if you had to put a percentage on, what do you think the chances of this team winning the Super Bowl is? Las Vegas says 50 to 1. 50 to 1. I think that's about right. Maybe it's a little low. Maybe if you played this season out in some alternate hyperspace, they'd win one out of 40 times, and maybe even better than that. I mean, they're going to go to the playoffs. I think the, the chances of this team going to the playoffs are now probably, I don't know, 80%? Atlanta sucks. I've been saying that since before the season. I wasn't fooled by what they did early on. They have an awful coach. People keep defending their – you know, is here's a little thing for you. Think about the four coaches in the – I want the – the most haters of hate when it comes to Dennis Allen to answer this question. The most, if you hate Dennis Allen, raise your hand right now wherever you are. Raise your hand. You hate Dennis Allen. This will make you feel better until I ask you this question. Here's the question. Who's the best coach in the NFC South right now? I don't think there's any debate whatsoever I don't think it's close it's not close Dennis Allen is the best coach in the NFC South not just because the Saints are winning the division you want to talk about retread start with the Carolina Panthers Frank Reich is pretty much proven and I get that they have a rookie quarterback they had the number one pick in the draft but they have a rookie quarterback who I think I still think, and I, maybe I'm being stubborn. It's midway through the first his first season, and he threw two pick sixes yesterday. Maybe he's not going to get it. Maybe he will. Maybe I'm wrong. But Frank Reich has been miserably bad coaching that Panthers team. If there were a, if there was a spot for him to be really good this season and for that team to be really good, it was yesterday. Going up against his old team. Coaches that have the revenge factor usually fare well. But yet I didn't pick them to win this week. I picked against them because I didn't think they'd fare well. Frank Reich sucks. Let's go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Todd Bowles. Another coach in this division. I mean, let's be frank. Dennis Allen got this job by default. They were determined they were going to give this job to 
to Dennis Allen. Whether it's the right move or not, we'll find out in the long run. Because I'm not ready to say it's not the right move. But what I can tell you is not the right move in Tampa Bay. They've been poorly coached ever since John Gruden left. They won the Super Bowl by accident. Tom, they got the right player personnel to go with Tom Brady, to get Tom Brady to go there. And Tom Brady only went there because Drew Brees didn't retire. Let's don't forget that. Tom Brady wanted to come to New Orleans and wanted to play with Sean Payton. But Drew Brees said, you know what? I think I'm going to play one more year. That cost the Saints the Super Bowl. But regardless, I digress. Todd Bowles, awful coach. Should have never got that job. Is going to run that team into the ground. Very likely won't be the coach there next year. You have to hope, if you're a Bucs fan, I mean, I hope they suck for eternity as long as they're in the NFC South. But you have to hope, if you're a Bucs fan, that they go out and do it right this time. They didn't before. They're going the wrong way. Tampa Bay is going to be terrible for the rest of this season and next year. Yet they beat the Saints somehow. That's a whole different story. The Saints better go there. When they go there, they better win convincingly. But I digress. Arthur Smith. Have you watched any of Atlanta Falcons games this year? This is all I need to know about Arthur Smith. B. John Robinson keeps sitting the bench. I had the game on uh, my phone during the Saints game yesterday watching what Atlanta was going to do. It was insane. They're in the red zone, and they continue to use Tyler Algier and continue not to score. They deserve to lose yesterday. How do you lose to a quarterback in Josh Dobbs, who only came in because of an injury to Hall, the rookie, who I believe had a concussion. And so Josh Dobbs was forced to come in the game. Has only been a member of the Vikings for, what, four or five days? Doesn't know the playbook. Doesn't know the cadence. Doesn't know the hot routes. Knows nothing. But yet he leads the Vikings to victory over a horrendously, poorly coached team. So whether you call it by default or whatever you want to call it, Dennis Allen is clearly the best coach in the NFC South. So you could say it's by default or whatever you want to say. It doesn't make a difference. He is. And the Saints are the best team in the NFC South. We've said it from the beginning. There's no question this talent. I mean, maybe Atlanta talent-wise is semi-close, but they have no chance. They don't have a quarterback. You can hate Derek Carr until the Cows come home. Derek Carr is a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. I don't care if you don't think so or want to debate it. You can debate it all you want. You can say whatever you want. I don't care what you say. Derek Carr is a top 12 quarterback. He's a real quarterback. He's a real NFL quarterback. He's not Drew Brees from when Drew Brees was 35 years old, but that Drew Brees is gone and he's never coming back. The Saints have a top 10 defense most of the time. They didn't show up for the first half yesterday. I don't know where they were. But you want to talk about Dennis Allen? Adjustments he made at halftime. Whatever adjustments he made. Look, you can't say, you know, give him like 
you can't call him coach of the week or whatever for whatever adjustments he made because they were playing Tyson Bajan. For God's sake, if they would have been playing Justin Fields, it would have been ugly. But whatever it was, Tyson Bajan wasn't running in the second half. He had like eight yards rushing in the second half. He wasn't throwing very well either. He had three picks. Paulson Adebo was all over the place. They didn't try to run the ball. And when they did, they got stuffed. Deontay Foreman had 83 yards rushing on 20 carries, but I believe about 18 of those were in the second half. Saints defense made adjustments. Who made adjustments? Dennis Allen made adjustments. So you could say they stunk in the first half, and they did. You have no excuses for allowing the Bears to score 14 points in the first half and fighting to be tied, but they only gave up three in the second half. Coaching adjustments. I give coaches grief when they stink, and I give them praise when they don't stink. Pete Carmichael been on his ass all year long and really for a year and a half. Do the Saints need to make a change at offensive coordinator? Of course they do. But they're not going to do it this year. If they were going to do it, they'd have done it already. Not going to happen. You can say whatever you want, and you can waste your breath all you want on saying you want Pete Carmichael to be fired, or Dennis Allen for that matter. You're wasting your breath. And in Pete Carmichael's defense, he's had two games in a row now, two and a half games really, where he finally started to say, you know what? And maybe it was Dennis Allen going in his office and saying, you know what? I'm tired of this crap. Take half the plays out of the playbook and use Taysom Hill for God's sake. Taysom Hill, the modern-day Frank Gifford. It is amazing to me, as I digress again, that... People under the age of 40 or so don't know who Frank Gifford is. Even if you don't know he was a player, I mean, he wasn't playing in my lifetime. He's playing 60 years ago. I'm not quite 60 yet. But, I mean, Taysom Hill only knew who he was. And Taysom Hill's not a young pup. Taysom Hill's almost in his mid-30s, hard to believe. Taysom Hill uh, is the modern-day Frank Gifford. He can do it all, and they needed him. Pete Carmichael finally realized, hey, hey, when we use Taysom Hill, we win. Obvious first question, have you heard of Frank Gifford? Um, I, I've, I've heard because pe- people told me about, you know, the, the stats guys have t- told me about these stats. Um, so I have heard of them, yeah, of course. This was I don't know. I mean, look, I, I look back at my career, and I certainly didn't think that it would have gone the way that it has. But as I hear and I think about stuff like that, I'm, you know, it's it's overwhelming. I have a lot of gratitude to be able to be a part of this program and play with coaches that are creative enough to give me opportunities. So I, I would say it's really just, you know, a whole lot of gratitude. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I feel like the first quarter of the season we've been so close. And then it was like you look at a few drives and it was like a penalty here, killed a drive and that type of thing. And I, I think what we've seen is we've had, you know, penalty-free drives. We've had the ability to keep the chains moving. And um, as you alluded to, that gives you a lot of confidence. But as a play caller, you also have the opportunity to call a lot more plays on your call sheet. So um, the creative 
creativity that you're alluding to has always been there, but you know we've been sustaining drives and um, which builds a lot of confidence and and we've we've been a confident unit the last few, few weeks for sure. I mean that's kind of a little insight on what's going on there. That's a huge part because of coaching. So you can bash these guys all day long. And look, like I said, if I think they stink on any given week or stink over an extended period of time, I'm going to tell you, they stink. If they improve, I'm going to tell you I think they improved. And they've improved. There's zero question that this coaching staff has improved, and not just because they're winning. Sure, winning is fun. Winning allows you to stop thinking about the suck for a little while. But the coaching staff has been better. Clearly. We'll see where it goes from here. Um, whether it continues to be good. Look, two and a half games doesn't make a season. They've got a big game at Minnesota. They can win three games in a row. And this is no small feat with, this, with where they've been. They can win three games in a row for the first time in the Dennis Allen era next week. We keep saying they've never done this under Dennis Allen. Or Dennis Allen has never done this as a coach. I mean, I'll have to go look and see if he's ever won three games in a row in his coaching career. I kind of doubt it. So I'm, I can't say that for a fact, but I know it would be the first three-game winning streak with him as coach here. Does that make everything right? No, of course not. But realistically, where did you expect this team to be before the season? Where do you expect them to be now? It's pretty close to the same place, right? I mean, even if for the optimist, even for the, the most opti I mean, I'm not talking about the uh, Rod and the Magic Carpet guys who thought they would be 13 and 4 or 14 and 3 or whatever. Th th those people don't count. I mean, they're, they're the ones who are going to be the same. They're going to be, oh, the Saints are going 14 and 3 and then four weeks into the season, this team sucks. They're, they're going to win four games. I'm talking about even, I'm talking about realists and semi-realists. I don't think any semi-realist, even with this schedule, thought they could win more than 11, okay? I said their ceiling, as someone wants to tell me what they think. Obviously, you heard that. I'm not going to edit it out. No. This is what you get on Datitude. Um. Even semi-real. I mean, I said 11 wins was their ceiling only because of who they were. I thought they'd win 10 or 11 games. Because you look at the schedule, and again, I, I mean, I don't know how many times to say this. It's a once in maybe a lifetime kind of schedule if you're a fan of a particular team. And for the Saints, you know, if you have a one, if you're supposed to win the Super Bowl one every one time every 32 years just by... Look, there are 32 teams in the NFL. Maybe it's less than that for the Saints because they're a small market team who whatever, blah, blah, blah. But let's, you know, if you say every team should win it once every 32 years, that's where the Saints are. Well, they should have a schedule like this once every 32 years. So maybe it's a twice or three times in a lifetime kind of schedule. And the Saints have only been around for, what, 56 years, 57 seasons now? I don't know that they've ever had a schedule this season. If they did, they were so bad it didn't matter. They've never had a schedule this season that I remember. 
where you only have like three games on the schedule where you look at it and you're like, eh, Saints probably not going to win that game. I don't even know if you have three of those. I mean, even Jacksonville, I thought they would win that game. I mean, the only game they have the rest of the way where they, I would say it would be a surprise to me if they won, there's only one, Detroit, even at home. I don't think the Saints match up well with Detroit at all because defensively, we'll get into that later. They don't play them for another month. So we'll see what happens there. But look, give this team credit. I just don't understand. I guess what it comes down to as I end the dime here, and we still haven't heard from Derek Carr yet, um, what I don't understand is just enjoy it. If you're a fan, especially if you're a fan, enjoy it. They're five and four. They're winning the division. If they go five and three the rest of the way, and the same numb nuts who were sitting around going, this team can't win seven games going forward. Remember when they were three and four? I, I mean, I had comments out the wazoo. It's funny because I only get a ton of comments when the Saints stink. I don't get near the amount of comments when the Saints win. I mean, not even close. <clears throat> it's like one-fifth, maybe one-fifth. But I remember distinctly, and there were multiple, multiple people saying this, when the Saints were three and four two weeks ago after they lost to Jacksonville, which was a low of lows, by the way. Even though they played well offensively and should have won the game, and you can blame it on however you want, you can go back to that game. There are... I mean, think about the Green Bay game. They gave that game away. I mean, I don't want to sound like Jim Moore and the shoulda, woulda, coulda crap. I mean, this team easily, and I mean easily, could be 7-2 and two right now. But they're not. It is what it is. You're 5-4. and four. But, but when they were 3-4, and four, there were tons of people writing me, commenting to me during a live show, Whatever. This team is not going to, you're saying they, because I still thought they could win 10 games then. You're, there's no way this team's going to go 7-3. and three. No way. Why? They have an easy schedule going down the stretch. They were the same team that, the only thing that's different about this team now is the two things that I told you that had to make them better. They had to be better coaching. They had to be better on the offensive line. I thought both were possible. Didn't necessarily expect it. But they could be, and I think they are. That's where they are. Will it continue for the sec in the second half of the season? I don't know. But the Saints don't even have to be that great to be. Five. They haven't put together one solid performance all season where the offense and the defense, you could have say, were both good. Not a single game. You could say, what about 34 to nothing against the pit? Nope. The offense sucked that game. The offense stunk. 34 to nothing. The defense was outstanding. I'll say it again. If Matthew doesn't get the pick six that gets everything started, that's a completely different ball game. I think the Saints still win, but it's a completely different ball game. There hasn't been a single game all year where the Saints played, and I don't even need to say very well, I'll just say well. They haven't been a single game where you could say they played well offensively and well defensively. Even yesterday, I'd say the offense was okay and the defense was okay because they were awful in the first half and great in the second half. 
You put awful and great together and you get average. That, that's what you get in my book. Well, are they going to have one going forward? I think they are. I think they will have a game going. If they keep on this trajectory, I think they will have a game in the near future where they play well, and I can't believe that we're having to, like, say this because a good team should have multiple games, a lot of games where they play well offensively and defensively. But I think there will be one soon. I think they're in a good spot to win next week. If they win next week, they're 6-3, and three, uh, six and 6-4, going into the bye week. I mean, you would have taken that in week one, really. I mean, sure, you would hope they would be 7-3 and three or 8-2. and two, But realistically, if someone would tell you as you go into the season, if the Saints, would you take right now, you can have it. Like, we'll just give it to you. Saints are 6-4 and four going into the bye week, 100%. Because the second half of the schedule or after the bye week, it's more than second half, favors the Saints after the bye week. They have three home games in a row. Think about that. One of the home games is against a team who has some guy named DeVito at quarterback now, probably for the rest of the year. I don't even remember the kid's first name. I think it's Tommy. But don't hold me to that. Some kid named DeVito is going to be quarterback in the New York Giants most likely when they come to the Dome. It could be Tyrod Taylor, but he looks like he's hurt for a while. Will he be back in a month? I have no idea. Does it matter? No, probably not. Because the Giants are going to be in tank mode. Where are the Rams going to be when the Saints go to Los Angeles and play them the week, the Thursday before Christmas. Who knows? Are they going to be in tank mode? Maybe. Will Matt Stafford be back by then? I don't know, but Rep Rippin stinks. Think about you. You complain about Derek Carr. You de raise your hand. You raise your hand about Dennis Allen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Raise your hand if you dislike Derek Carr, if you think he's a terrible quarterback. Yeah, you can see where I'm going. Raise your hand wherever you are. Raise your hand. Yeah, you too. You in the back. You raise your hand. I've heard you bitching about Derek Carr all year long. You. Yes, you. Think about the other quarterbacks around the NFL. Tyson Bajant yesterday. Some dude named DeVito. A kid named Clayton Toon. Some kid named Jaron Hall started for the Vikings before. Josh Do People are raving over Joshua Dobbs. That was his second NFL victory. The Falcons let him have his second NFL victory. Actually, it doesn't even count because he didn't start the game. He doesn't get credit for the win. The Hall kid does. Think about all these things. Think about the quarterbacks just in your own division. Baker Mayfield is awful. People saying, oh, we could have got Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is horrible. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's a decent backup and somebody you go to if you absolutely have to, but he's awful. Who am I leaving out? Who are some of the other quarterbacks that play in the NFL? Tonight, if you're listening to this show on Monday, Zach Wilson. Awful. Half the quarterbacks in the NFL are not worthy of being quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm sorry, they aren't. It's going to, you know, that's why it's so important that this year, this is an incredibly gifted 
quarterback class. It's going to change soon because a lot of these rookies are going to play right off the bat. Like the year with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and Tua Tungvaloa and whatever. So that's, that's going to change soon. Be, pr- be happy you have Derek Carr. It could be a whole lot worse. You don't have Patrick Mahomes. You don't have Justin Herbert. You don't have Tua. You don't have Joe Burrow. I mean, even look at Josh Allen. He's been, he's been terrible. I mean, who's played better this season? I could, you could make a case that Derek Carr has been better than Josh Allen this season. He has a better record than Josh Allen. Two of the games you can just throw out for Derek Carr. He was injured. I and mean, he got just hit, shouldn't have played against Tampa Bay first off. That's a whole other story. But here he is playing for the New Orleans Saints, five and four as a starter. He just keeps on winning and you just keep on hating. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why we play the game is to win football games and, you know, make the corrections after a win. And so, um, you know, we were able to string two in a row in, you know, now after that terrible feeling that we had before the Colts game and, uh, you know, seeing some of the, just the fruits of the conversations and the hard work paying off. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a good feeling, you know, especially as a quarterback when, when you know that, uh, we're still, we're, we still have room to improve. We're doing some things better. Um, my, you know, myself, always start with myself. Um, but to see us going in that direction at this time of year is what you want to see. That's kind of the point, is it? That's what you want to see. And that's 100% the point. I mean, I, I'll tell you one thing. I don't care. I know there will be people that, like, flick a, flick a certain finger at their phone when I say this or roll their eyes, or yell at me, or whatever. We knew what we got last year. You had Andy Dalton. You had a loser. I like Andy Dalton, the person, a whole lot. But you knew, I said it from the beginning of the season, you go with Andy Dalton, you go 7-10, and and you'll like it whether you like it or not. (laughs) I mean, that's just what it was. Doesn't matter if it makes sense. Didn't make sense using Andy Dalton. Should have used Jameis Winston. That's a whole other story. But you go out and you spend this much money on a quarterback. Why? Because so you can make sure you win these games and do things. Andy Dalton would not be five and four with this. This team would not be five and four with Andy Dalton as quarterback. They simply wouldn't. You can say whatever you want and think whatever you want. They'd have a losing record if Andy Dalton was quarterback in this team. They wouldn't get any better. They didn't get worse with Andy Dalton. But they didn't get better either. Derek Carr is a leader. It goes back to what I said a couple weeks ago when he was yelling at Chris Olave to run the damn routes. Good for him. And they all had a kumbaya moment, and everything's been great since. Still, I still don't know what's going on with Chris Olave. He certainly wasn't great yesterday. He was better. Six catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. Good for him. He scored a touchdown. Yippee. I'm not sure what's going on there. He's got issues going on somewhere that we don't know about and probably would never will, nor are we supposed to. But people bitch and complain about things and when they don't need it. That's the whole point of this dime. By the way, that is the dime. 
But, you know, people moan and groan about a team that has won two in a row now. Is five and four and went from being one game down in the NFC South and barely clinging on to being right around where Tampa Bay was. And now they're one game ahead in the NFC South. They've gone from a two-to-one underdog, if you understand betting lingo, and if you don't, I'll explain it to you. But two games ago, the Saints were plus 200 to win the NFC South. What that means is, for people that don't understand betting, you would bet, if you bet $100 on the Saints to win the NFC South two weeks ago, and they won the NFC South, you would win $200. I said then, that was one of the values in the NFL of the entire year. I meant it then, I meant it now. It doesn't matter because that number's long gone. So plus 200, that was just two weeks ago. What are they now? As I speak right now, and this number's gonna change too. This number won't be the same later in the week. Minus 150. What that means is now, instead of betting $100 to win 200, you have to bet $150 to win 100. This shows you how much different that is. So to win, so to bet 100 to win 200, now you'd have to bet 150 to get 300 back. Big difference. And it's only going to go up from here. You missed the boat on betting the Saints. It could be a lot worse, boys and girls. Should you want to strive to have a Super Bowl-type caliber team every year? Absolutely. But we knew going into even a couple years ago, what do we talk about in the offseason more than anything? How, how cash-strapped this team is. They don't have any money. They keep coming up with miracles to sign guys to put together an above-average team some kind of way, but at some point you got to pay the piper. I think that point's coming soon. Next year, now it should get better after next year, assuming they don't do some weird things or whatever, but next year is going to be the worst year of all when it comes to cap. So don't expect this team to go out in free agency Say so they're close. They're going to go get so-and-so. They're going to go get a couple guys, but they're not going to gonna have to do their splashing in the draft. They're, they're, this is not a year where the Saints will be able to spend a whole lot of money in free agency. Now, maybe the year after that, maybe it'll get better. But I don't know, man. So enjoy this season is what I'm trying to tell you. I've been saying it for a long time. You're not going to have this kind of schedule next year. And this team ain't getting any younger. And it's not going to get a whole lot better because they're not going to be able to add people to make it better. So you're spoiled rotten because of what Sean Payton did and what Drew Brees did. Enjoy what you have right now. You know, I, didn't, I, never, I meant to say this earlier in the show before I go out today. But being in the Dome yesterday was the most lackluster crowd I've heard until the maybe the middle of the fourth quarter. It was the least enthused crowd I've seen in many years. Like I'm talking back to maybe the mid-teens when they went through that three straight year of seven and nine stretch and everybody thought the NFL was trying to screw the Saints because they 
suspended Sean Payton for a year for something he deserved to be suspended for. Not as much about the, uh, I'm not going to go off on a tangent here, but when you basically say screw you NFL, they can pretty much say screw you back, which is what they did. Not so much because of Bounty Gate. If he would have been a forward, up forward, up front and forward about it, they might only got suspended maybe a half a season. But here's the thing. That, the crowds back then, it feels like the crowds now. That's what you I mean, 10 minutes before kickoff, I bet half the seats weren't filled. Midway through the first quarter, I bet it was only probably 70% full. And beyond that, the first half, it was just as loud when the Bears did something as when the Saints did something well. I, have, I don't know that I've ever heard it like that. Even when the Cowboys play here. I mean, it was, it was kind of embarrassing. That's not what this Superdome is. You're supposed to have a real home field advantage. Yet the Saints have only won eight out of their past 12 home games. And a lot of it is because the crowd, you know what? It was like the movie was over when Sean Payton left and they're just going to leave. I mean, if that's the kind of fan you are, then fine. I mean, I've said that a lot of times. There are a lot of fair-weather fans in New Orleans. Lots of them. Tons of them. They're, they're, they show their faces constantly whether they speak or not. I'd say 80% of the people that were bitching on Facebook yesterday and even into this morning were showing pictures of them at home, pictures of their TV screens. If you care so much, why don't you go? Oh, I gave up my season tickets back on such and such. Then shut up. I mean, you're not paying to go see them. You're, you're sitting here, you know, you, gave, you wanted to see the Sean Payton and Drew Brees show. You didn't have season tickets before Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Sean Payton and Drew Brees are going, and now you don't. I mean, that's your right. But if you're a fan, you should always be a fan. I don't get it, man. People just want to complain about everything. They're spoiled rotten. Will the Saints win another Super Bowl in your lifetime? Well, I don't know how old you are, but I know how old I am. And I'd say it's probably 50-50 in my lifetime, right? That might be an optimistic. But I try to enjoy. Now, it's different when I'm in the Dome and I'm working and I don't get to enjoy it as much. Because there is the fan Jim Derry and there is the working Jim Derry when you can't be a fan. Yesterday, I'm working. It's not nearly as fun. Although when they lose, it's not nearly as bad either. Until later when you're driving home and you think about it. But enjoy it. That's the point of this whole show. 54 minutes of enjoy it. Don't be a spoiled brat. Even the media sounded like spoiled brats. Even the Jeff Duncans of the world who don't complain about anything. Mike Triplett, right? I mean, this, I love Mike Triplett. He's one of my good friends. We've, we've wallowed in Cubs misery and, and um, exhilarated in the Cubs World Series together. He's on there talking bad about the Saints during the game and even kind of after Nick Underhill. I mean, a lot of people love Nick Underhill. Talking smack after the game. A lot of media I saw after the game. What the hell? 
They've won two in a row. They're five and four. They're winning the division. Be happy with what you get. Nope. Guys are spoiled. Um, so that leads to my uh, outro song of the day. What are we going out with? I was trying to think of spoiled brat songs, and uh, I couldn't really come up with anything. I was going to go pick some stupid current day song where I can't stand to listen. Don't get me started. So I was trying to think as, uh, as an old man get off my lawn would do, and I'm like, Billy Joel. Billy Joel's got to have a song in there somewhere. Sure enough, don't ask me why. Don't ask me why the Saints are winning. All the servants in your new hotel. That, that sounds like you're spoiled rotten. Don't be like that. Enjoy it while it lasts. Because we don't know how long it's going to last. This team very well could have a stretch of losing seasons in their very near future. Not saying they will, but it wouldn't surprise anybody if they did. Probably not. So enjoy it while it lasts. Pretend. Look. Pretend like they're going to win next week, whether they do or not. But just enjoy it as they go forward and probably win the NFC South and go to the playoffs. Because honestly, realistically, after the season is over, would you be surprised if they don't go back to the playoffs for a while? If you're old like me, think back to those days when they never went to the playoffs. When, like, if they went 8-8, eight and eight, you'd be thrilled. If they were in playoff contention to the second to last week of the season, you'd be thrilled. Think about those days. Don't be that person. Enjoy it while it lasts. You don't know when it's coming back. We'll talk to you on Thursday with Uncle Big Nick. Uh, and I'll be on Bayou Bets this afternoon at 4 o'clock uh, on all of our social media channels. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the week because the Saints won. Maybe they'll do it again next Sunday. And we'll have two weeks of joy, joy, happy, happy. You have a happy, happy week. We'll see you Thursday. Peace and love, my friends. But baby, I can tell you're no stranger to the streets. Don't ask for favors.